Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to our book tour. This is the 360 book tour and I am your host, Lori Carice. I hope you are following us along during this wonderful segment as we introduce women authors and celebrate them as well. Today we have with us Dr. Judy Morley and she's an author. Her book and our topic today is Master Conflict Without Being a Bayetch. Now, I said that with that little slang right now, but here's our disclaimer. We're going to drop the B-bomb today. So here we go. And welcome, Dr. Judy Morley. Thank you, Lori. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for being here. So now I'll call it the real thing. Master conflict without being a bitch. Yes. We, uh, okay. Yeah. How do we do that? <laughs> I'll just let you go there because that, that word already makes me go, oh. I don't like being one, <laughs> but sometimes you kind of probably project yourself as that. I don't know. I've, I'm always dealing with some kind of conflict and I think I've softened my tone over the years. I think I definitely had my heyday where I was more rigid, but I think the older we get and pandemic has also certainly taught us to, uh, you know, pick our battles a little bit and be a little more calm in our communication, but Tell us about you. Tell us about uh, mastering conflict without being a bitch. Well, Lori, I love where you went with that because my premise is that conflict is never about the other person. Never, ever, 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 ever. It's always about us and how we choose to show up and how we choose to react. Now, some people help us grow a little more than other people do. <laughs> some people present more of a challenge, but you know, women traditionally have faced this uh, choice of in their professional settings, they either have to be a doormat and go along to get along because that's what's expected of women to be the nurturer, the peacemaker, or they've had to take on a more aggressive tone than they are comfortable with naturally. And then they get labeled as a bitch. Um, so there's a way to navigate conflict without being either one. You don't have to be a doormat and you don't have to be a bitch. You can be assertive, you can be strong, you can be powerful, and you can still maintain your femininity and all of the things that make women great in business, like building relationships and nurturing those relationships. So there, there's a happy medium. I think so. open women's conversations mm -hmm. is also um, really, you know, a keyword boundaries you know, having boundaries, mm -hmm. setting up boundaries. And I think that's really come to the forefront, at least even for me being more exposed to setting boundaries with my children, with my work, with mm -hmm. my, all my relationships. And I think that pulls away the whole bitch factor is I just have boundaries and exp mm -hmm. say it that way, frame it. It's how you frame it. Mm -hmm. um, and how you live your life really to move away from being oh, wow, she's, she's not likable or she's a bitch. And, and no, it's not that. I just have boundaries. And it's actually how I roll through life, how I can do this as a parent with two kids and re running a business and running a household and everything else. I just, so while I might not be the warm, friendly, huggy kind of person, <laughs> I'm not stiff and rigid. I just definitely have boundaries and my space that I'm protecting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, but, you know, kudos to you because that's a skill that not a lot of women have mastered yet and still struggle with. I know, um, you know, it's getting better, certainly better than when I was younger and, 
um, starting in business, but it's still an issue for many, many women. So yeah, bound, it, it does all come down to boundaries. So let's talk about a technique that you discussed in your book. Well, so I have five kind of areas uh, that build on one another. And it's funny that you brought up boundaries with your kids, because one of my favorite techniques comes from a book called Parenting with Love and Logic. And I will tell you that I use this technique. I learned it when my daughter was young, but I've used it far more in professional settings than I ever uh, used it with my daughter. Um, and it's a way to overcome objections. A lot of conflict comes when a woman leader has to hold someone accountable for something they didn't complete or didn't complete on time or said they would do and drop the ball. And while holding people accountable can be uncomfortable, the real uncomfortable part is how they react. And if someone that you have to hold accountable reacts, that's usually where the conversation breaks down. That's usually where conflict happens. If I have to say to you, Lori, you promised you'd have that paper to me by Friday and you missed the deadline. And, you know, now we're not going to get the proposal in on time. I really, you know, need you to get that done or work better next time. You're probably going to offer an excuse, an objection or a withdrawal, something like that. And that's where most women leaders find conflict. They want to argue. They want to make them make themselves right or the other person wrong or they want to excuse it and say, oh, that's okay. I understand. And neither one is acceptable. So my favorite technique I call playing dumb. And uh, that is when someone offers you an objection, you just agree with them and then restate what you want instead. So for example, in the uh, if, if you were supposed to submit a white paper and didn't get it on time, and I set a new deadline Monday morning at eight o'clock, and you're saying to me, but that means I have to work all weekend. Yep. And I need the paper Monday at eight. But nobody else is going to be in here this weekend. Probably not. And I need the paper Monday morning at eight. Well, why? Like, I, I didn't get it done on Friday, but, you know, why does that have to be done Monday? It can be done Monday at five. I'm afraid that's too late. I need it Monday at eight. You just play dumb. You just keep, you agree with what they say, and you just keep repeating one thing over and over. They've got nowhere to go, and they usually um, work their arguments out. Now, you're not being mean. You're being very kind when you say it. You're, you're setting that boundary. You're firm, like you were saying. You're firm. You're direct. But you don't let them push your button. Your role play was making me laugh because I'm like, <laughs> uh, no offense to millennials out there, but that was like Gen X millennial <laughs> conversation, yeah. how they don't like... You know, there's that generation, I'm not calling out all millennials, uh, and it's just that the way they communicate, there's that generation gap right now of, of communication in the workplace. I actually have a radio host who who does a lot of study and conversations on that, and it's just so real. It's so real, where the younger generation is also snickering at us oldies, you know, that we don't know what we're doing. We come with a lot of wisdom when we don't feel valued because we're not fitting in now. So, okay. So your role play, you and I are on video right now. I was like laughing, <laughs> watching your role play. I'm like, I can just picture this with uh, Dr. Jennifer, who does the whole, you know, generations in the workplace, how that's not working out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So no, I, I agree. Um, 
Yeah, playing dumb. Okay, yes. You know, it, well, that's kind of like putting it on you. Solve your problem. I'm letting you know what is needed. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to be the bitch. And it's funny that you bring up the generational thing because, you know, the title of my book, some people, especially Gen X and, and older boomers, find the word bitch very offensive, um, a very much a pejorative. When I first started writing the book, I was telling a friend of mine who's a little older than I am. She's a boomer. Um, I was telling her the name. She's like, do you have to use that word? Do you have to use the B word? And I'm like, yes, I do. Because that's what many women in leadership are afraid of, is being called that. And that's why I have to use it because it's, you know, that's the point. And this friend of mine, just, she she still won't say it. Every time she calls me, she's like, how's your book doing about being a witch with a B? You know, <laughs> she still won't even say the word. But, so I did a little informal research online and like so many terms, like the term queer, like mm. the N word, there are so many terms where people, boomer, Gen X, they find it to be pejorative, but millennials, Gen Z, they've kind of taken the word and use it in an ironic way. They've made it their own and they've totally redefined it to be, to be of their generation with a completely different meaning. I actually, when I was doing this research, I got online and there's a website where you can buy a bumper sticker that says namaste, bitches. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's I like clearly, I actually ordered one. Um, and it's clearly geared toward millennials and Gen Z. It's clearly geared toward them. And so that was part of the reason I wanted to use the word bitch in my title is because I think that that's an old fashioned way of thinking that you, you only have this choice of being a doormat or being a bitch. There are so many ways that you can show up in the workplace, show up in a leadership role and be powerful without having to choose one or the other. And so even though, you know, my friends still won't say the word, I went ahead and used it. And I know some women will find it to be a pejorative, but it's important that we call it out for what it is. But is bitch a term of Gen Z? Like, I don't know. My kids are Gen Z. I mean, they don't swear, not in front of me anyway, think, thankfully. <laughs> but they come up with words. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. We were at we're at an amusement park and uh, a guy started talking to me online. He was flattering me, my sunglasses and stuff like that. And I thought he was just complimenting. I told him where I buy them. You know, you never accept just, oh, thank you. You, Oh, I bought mm -hmm. them here. You know, mm -hmm. um, my daughter later looked at me. She goes, mom, you've got Riz. I'm like, I've got Riz. What is that? <laughs> and I, I had to look it up. You know, Riz apparently is uh, people are drawn to you and are inclined to have conversation i don't know like pizzazz i guess a, mm -hmm. our word would maybe be pizzazz or something like that so i don't even know if they're going to use the word bitch i mean they're they've got they've got their own language this new generation they, they absolutely do my and my hope is that the word bitch just doesn't have any power for them mm -hmm. you not know the way especially in the workplace we were, not when we were kids boy if that was right. called said around us that was oh <gasps> right that was yeah. deep. That cut deep. Right. Right. You know, so, well, so does conflict, right? So mastering any kind of conflict and conflict has even evolved. Conflict, we used, you know, I would think of something as 
pretty physically violent. I mean, a conflict now is just addressing differences, like you were talking about. I mean, the workplace. I mean, yeah, that was uh, a conflict resolution, but, um, you know, it's something that makes you, it takes your power away, therefore you get defensive. So that's even mm-hmm. just conflict right there. Absolutely. And, you know, so much, so uh, in my coaching practice, I work with female entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur. I've started a variety of businesses. Um, and I've also worked at executive levels in both nonprofit and for-profit. So, um, and I won't, I, I, I will disclose this. I'm glad that you can't tell by looking at me on the Zoom, but um, I am actually born the last year of the baby boom. So technically I'm a boomer, but um, that's cool. <laughs> technically, just barely, just barely. Well, just I, like get, I get to tell months. people, I mean, I was born in 1969. So I'm like, I'm a 69 baby, but I was born in late November. So I'm like, barely, <laughs> I'm barely yeah, right. a baby, you know? Oh, I was born in the sixties. Well, by five weeks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was born, you know, just, just barely in the baby boom by just about yeah eight weeks. So, um, but uh, um, you know, I think that conflict has grown as women have entered the workplace. So, I so I have a PhD in history, and so I've studied a lot of 20th century history. And as as women have grown uh, into roles in the workplace, they have somehow had to conform into this male dominated structure because really capitalism in the United States in the 20th century was a male dominated in a male dominated institution. And so women had to conform to it. Hence this dichotomy of doormat or bitch, because they were either my girl Friday, you know, the nurturing, Oh, I'll pick up your dry cleaning for you, which, you know, or they were, um, Again, the, the man eater, the the person who would chew you up and spit you out. And this starts to change about the 90s as women are becoming CEOs, as women are becoming in uh, leaders in significant industries, leaders in traditionally male-dominated industries. And so there's never really been a com- conversation about how women lead in a way that's effective, but has their own personal kind of stamp on it. Women have so many benefits in the workplace that men don't have or have to work harder at. Let's put it that way, that men have to work harder at. We are better just by physical makeup at building relationships. We are better at dealing with conflict, as you said, that's not physical aggression or physical conflict, but that emotional conflict, that feeling of being disengaged at work, that feeling of not being valued, that feeling of not knowing the why, which impacts between 70 and 90% of the American workforce. So it's important for women to be able to embrace the strengths that they have in leadership and not cave into kind of an outdated paradigm of what women should be in the workforce. Absolutely. So why the book? What inspired you to go pen to paper and, and put out the book with this message? So... The pandemic was part of it. I, I've written several books. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm also a cancer survivor. So I wrote a book several years ago about overcoming adversity. You know, how do you overcome adversity? And, and then um, I also, during the pandemic, wrote a book on, uh, for all leaders, male or female, on leading teams through change. Um, but during the pandemic, 
my practice had been mostly focused on speaking. I'd been a professional speaker. And of course, conferences are canceled. Everything's canceled. So I retooled to be more of a coach. And I was working with a coach. And this coach said, well, what do you want your clients to feel? Like if you had the ideal client, you're working with women entrepreneurs, what do you want them to walk away with? And I was trying to explain, you know, when you're trying to pick the right words, you hem and haw sometimes when you're trying to be very guarded and careful with your words. And I was hemming and hawing. And this coach kept asking me, kept, and finally, just in frustration, I said, look, I want these women entrepreneurs to know that they can handle conflict without having to be a bitch. And she goes, there you go. That's it. And I thought, wow, I should write a book. <laughs> So, um, because I, I created then a series in my coaching practice of classes on this and the classes just came together so easily that I just wrote them each into a chapter of a book. Well, that is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being part of our book tour. Um, I want to make sure that for our podcast listeners, I actually have a book link. So I'm going to make sure to collect all of your links. And as to our radio only listeners, what's the best way to find you? Our, is, is your book online? Yeah, all of my books are on Amazon. So just look for Dr. Judy Morley. They're all listed on Amazon. Um, and it's M-O-R-L-E-Y. And then um, my website, you can also, there's a link from my website, which is drjudymorley.net. Wonderful. Dr. Judy, thank you so much for being our book tour guest author today. Thank you. And you've been listening to another episode of Book Tour.